Welcome to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. <laughs> Dell challenges the status quo, questions everything, and empowers you to return to your core beliefs to make your life better. If you're ready to hear the truth and catch your roadmap to the lifestyle you really want, the next hour will change your life. And now your host, self-made millionaire, national award-winning investor of the year, CEO and founder of Lifestyles Unlimited, Del Wamsley. Welcome to the Del Wamsley Radio Show, where the hype ends and the help begins. I'm your host, Del Wamsley, and as always, we're working on your financial freedom. Well, my friends, I have not come to a completely definitive understanding of the tax law changes yet. Um, absorbed quite a bit. I have some insight into some of it. Uh, but someone sent me an article here by Louise, For, uh, Louise Phillips Forbes, and uh, she had some opinions on this stuff, and uh, supposedly she's a broker out of uh, New York City or something, some big-name broker, some firm. And um, I just thought it'd be interesting to go through some of what uh, what it is that is her opinion of the what the tax bill will do, and then I'll give you a little insights into what I seem to believe to be true. And uh, someday, once we get it all nailed down, I'll have somebody like a CPA come on and we'll actually go through it completely uh, so that we totally understand it. But I can give you some insights and some of the highlights of this situation. What's interesting to me is I was watching some talking heads on TV the other day, and it was uh, had to be a liberal show, probably uh, CNN. I don't watch CNBC. That's like that's like drinking poo-poo out of a water fountain. I mean, it's ridiculous. But even CNN, which is, you know, slants to the left, if not all the way to the left, uh, was interesting to have on this guy that was screaming, yelling, almost crying like a little baby. This is a grown man, 50, 60 years of age, who was just almost crying. He was just pathetic. Listen to him talk about the tax changes and how one way they are, how they only affect and, and make real estate investing so incredibly good uh, that it's unfair for the rest of the world and it's destroying everybody except real estate investors, et cetera, et cetera. And what I didn't understand was why is the guy a talking head on TV when he didn't even realize that 90% of the stuff that he was talking about has been in place for the last 30 years, since 1986, the last time the tax code was actually really changed in any significant way? We've had these same real estate advantages, and yet the guy has no idea whatsoever what those changes are. And it, it just blows my mind that somebody like a national TV program like CNN or Fox or anybody can bring on somebody to speak on a topic that has absolutely no idea what he's talking about other than to want to throw a liberal spin on it or a you know, conservative spin on it or whatever. And that's why it's very hard for me to even watch TV anymore. I barely even watch any TV news anymore. It just doesn't make any sense. Um, but here with that said, um, this lady had some articles and really she doesn't even really tap the whole topic. She doesn't really cover it. She does talk about the changes, which is important because that guy was screaming and yelling about what stuff we've already had. You realize that by the correct use of depreciation, our tax income, our, our income from real estate investing can be tax deferred for the rest of our lives. And eventually, if you defer it long enough and you die, it will just simply go away. 
Now, that's the facts have been in place. They've been in place ever since 86. Before 86, they were even worse than that. You could actually write up two or three or four times what you actually lost. Um, but they took that away. You know, now you can just earn the income tax free and maybe get some overflow tax benefits. But the bottom line is it's just that the real benefit is the tax or the income that you earn by investing in real estate when done correctly should be tax free if you do it correctly. So all this other stuff, all these other things this lady's bringing up, everything that guy was talking about are just non news. I don't want to call it fake news because it's not fake. It's just non-news. It's it's nothing of importance or relevance as far as a change. So let's go ahead and take a look at what this lady has to say, and we'll dig into this. It's tax reform, more than uh, more to be revealed. Tax reform and bold move to remove tax benefits from homeowners and home buyers will have an impact on our housing market nationally. However, unlike the stock market, where news creates a fairly immediate and volatile response, determining how these changes will actually translate into market leaders like Los Angeles, New York, and San Francisco, as well as ripple out effect to smaller markets, will take some time to impact human behavior, most likely three quarters. Now, let's first of all, let's look at the spin. This lady is obviously a broker in a big town, big city. And I want you to, to get this. This tax law change is detrimental for liberals, liberal states, and rich, rich, rich people. Isn't that bizarre? That is so bizarre that there's actually tax code that actually hurts the liberals specifically and the very wealthy. Gosh, it's so interesting to see this, that people don't understand that. With regard to real estate, the tax bill is a mixed bag disproportionately favoring the commercial sector over residential, for which there are few incentives. Essentially, it will, be, it will eliminate or reduce the tax breaks that encourage home ownership. That is a fact. As we go through this, that is a fact. They have reduced tax benefits of home ownership, which is going to do what? Since 2008, there has been a swing away from home ownership and towards renting. These tax changes, tax law changes, are going to up the incentive via renter instead of a homeowner. Because homeowners are mostly home poor. In other words, the largest investment in your life, what you've been told your whole life, is to go out and buy the largest house you possibly can and pay it off as quickly as you can. And that will become your largest asset in your net worth until 2008 and drops by 40%. Or 2002 when it dropped by 40%. In other words, a piece of real estate is no more of a safe asset than the stock market is, the bond market is, gold, oil, commodities. It's just an asset. It goes up and down and up and down and up and down in value. And it's not the right thing for everybody to own. It makes a tremendous investment as a real estate uh, investment towards income. It's a great income producer. But it's no better than any other asset as far as appreciation, depreciation. Well, it's better on depreciation as far as appreciation goes. You know, things appreciate, then they go back down again. But what is happening now is that there used to be some very heavy tax incentives for someone to buy a home. That made you think, wow, why am I paying all this money for rent when I could be owning an asset and at the same time getting tax breaks? So we want to go into these and cover what they are 
and tiptoe through these tulips and see what we can pull out of this. Uh, her next statement is the following three key points outline the bearing of the real estate industry. Bearing on the real estate industry. Number one, state and local ta- taxes, called SALT taxes, deduction for property taxes will be limited to $10,000. Now think about this. You used to be able to write off your state and local taxes. So California, the East Coast, New York, Connecticut, these guys have these massive, massive sales taxes, along with property taxes, that they got to write off against their personal or federal income tax return. Now, the maximum they can write off is $10,000. So for me, like my personal residence, my personal taxes are around 34000 a year. And we fight every year to get that property tax bill down. Uh, I've got it down the last two years in a row, but it's still 34000 bucks. In fact, when I paid it at the, at the tax authority office the other day, the little girl behind the counter looked at me. So she almost started crying. She goes, man, I'm really, really sorry to take this check from you. Hey, don't worry about it. You know, you want something nice, you got to pay the taxes for it. So I can't write off any more than $10,000 now. Now, we don't have any state taxes other than property taxes. We don't have any, well, we do have sales taxes. And we used to be able to write off sales taxes on certain things, um, but now we can't. And so it's taking those deductions away from homeowners that now where you used to take your home interest deduction is gone. Your tax deduction is now limited to 10,000 bucks. So when we come back, I'm gonna talk a little bit about what that's gonna mean to your tax return. It's quite interesting. We'll take a short break. And if you want to get involved in this discussion, our number here is 877-711-5211. We'll be right back with Taxation and the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. You're listening to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Dell will be right back with more life-changing principles in just a few minutes. It's easy to see why Personal Real Estate Investor Magazine named Lifestyles Unlimited the best real estate education and mentoring program in the United States. We take you by the hand and teach you how to invest in real estate. We've been doing it for 25 years. Our students have been so successful at creating wealth and passive income that they've won independent local, state, and national Investor of the Year awards nine of the last nine years. If you're ready to add real estate to your portfolio, go to lifestylesunlimitedpodcast.com to access our free live training event schedule. Welcome back. Now, here's some more unconventional wisdom to set you free from the man on a mission to retire America, one person at a time, Del Wamsley. Welcome back to Del Wamsley Radio Show. Today, we're trying to uh, go through these new tax law changes and try to work through what they might mean for everybody. Um, as we went to break, we're talking about the fact that they're, they're trying to get people to stop itemizing their tax return and just take the standard deduction. So they've basically doubled the standard deduction, whatever that was. And I don't even know what it is, to be honest with you. I don't do my own personal taxes because they're, they're way too complicated. Um, even though I have eight years of accounting, my dad was a CPA, I would never do my own personal tax return because how complicated, complicated it is. I do business tax returns are easy. Everything you make, take off everything you spent. That's what's left. There's your profit. Boom. But personal ones have all these weird deductions. And that's what this is all about is that, hey, who picks who gets those benefits of those deductions? Who, what are we subsidizing with federal government money? And the one that to me that just blows me away is this uh, elimination of state and local taxes. 
to or not eliminate completely, but the, the reduction down to ten thousand dollars. So think about it. My property tax is thirty-four thousand dollars. If I paid, I I paid thirty-four thousand. Ten thousand is all I can write off. Now, take into account, if I were in a state like California or New York, I'm paying twelve percent personal income taxes. So. They used to be able to take that income tax, 12%. We'll just say, guy makes a million bucks. You can't live in California and make less than a million bucks and survive. So you make a million bucks a year, and your tax is 10%. That's $100,000. Before, you could write that $100,000 off your federal income tax. So, right? And so now you can't. So now, with you used to take the $100,000 tax, uh, state tax, uh, deduction. Then you took your property tax deduction for another thirty-four thousand. Then you took your interest deduction, and now they've just wiped all those out. Or actually, no, I take that back. They've reduced one to ten thousand dollars total, eliminated the other one, and the third one, which is home interest deduction, um, has been reduced now uh, to where you cannot deduct interest on a mortgage that's over five hundred thousand dollars. And uh, she's saying 750 here. The article I'm reading on the internet says 500. I'm just going to assume that she got a later version of the bill that passed, and so it's 750. So here's the deal. Think about this for a second. If your home is worth more than 750,000, if your mortgage is larger than 750,000, you can't write off your interest anymore. Well, do you realize if you live in some place like California, that a 750,000 dollar home is a shack, and that everything costs more than that? So you will you just think what you've done to people living in California. You eliminated their home interest deduction. You eliminated their state sales tax deduction. And you've lowered their property tax deduction down to $10,000 total. Unbelievable. Uh, let's see. We've got a caller on hold right now. I don't have a call screen up, so I don't know their name. Let's go ahead and welcome in. Billy, Billy, welcome to the show. Hey, Mr. Dell. i got a curiosity question for you. Okay. about... Uh, Appreciation on a rental property. Does the yeah. appreciation deduction fluctuate with the value of the property? No, the it does not. No, it does not. The depreciation deduction is based on your basis, which is what you paid for it and how much you put into it okay. for rehab. That's your total cost. Okay. Now you take your land away from that, and then you then you divide that by twenty seven and a half years, and that's your straight line depreciation. Uh, but that doesn't ever change. Now, there is accelerated depreciation where you deduct things in a much faster way. But then as you deduct, see, some stuff is deductible in two years, some in five, some in seven, some in 10, some in 15, and the rest right. 27 and a half. If you take the, the accelerated depreciation, though, you think about it, in two years, part of your deduction is gone. Do you follow what I'm saying? You're taking a very large amount up front, and it goes down over the years. So it's a different way than just straight line. But on the straight line, it doesn't change. Now, there is a way it could change. Let's say you put a new roof on there. You could add the value, or let's say you built a new garage on. That would add value. And then you would add that back to your basis. Okay? And then you would depreciate that. So that's the only time it would ever change. Okay, then. Thank you very much. All right. Thank you. Um, moving on here on this tax thing. So I'm going to go with this one more time. If you're a liberal or living in a liberal state, you cannot write off your state sales tax for more than $10,000. If you have a mortgage larger than $750,000, you can't write off your interest. Again, if you're living in one of these really expensive liberal states, your house has got to be over $750,000. And the last one here is your gain on sale of principal home. 
prior to this bill, you could write off $500,000 as a married couple of capital gains. In other words, if you sell your house and you have a capital gains, the first $500,000 is tax-free. If you're single, the first $250,000 is tax-free. The only thing they've changed on this now is you used to have to live there at least two years to do that. Now you have to live there at least five. So it's not allowing people to buy personal residences, live there for a couple years, and sell them and take the gain. Um, and I believe that was a lifetime deduction also. In other words, you can only take that 500000 once in your lifetime. So what is this all going to lead to? This is going to lead to some really strange bedfellows. I want you to think about this. What if you had a house that's worth 750000 bucks or 800000 Let's say 800000 And people looking at it realize because it's 50000 more than what the deductibility is on their mortgage, they're not going to buy your home. You're going to have to take the value of that $800,000 house and take it back down under $750,000. Otherwise, they're not going to be able to use the deductibility. Same thing with everybody. You're living in a state where you have state sales taxes or state income taxes. California is the one I'm thinking of right off the top of my head, but there's many of them. I think there's about eight to 11 states in this country that charge state income taxes, which are egregiously large taxes along with property taxes and sales taxes. Now, if you think about it, your federal income tax can be as high as 42%. Your Social Security and Medicare are 15%, so that's 57%. State income tax in California is 12 so that's 69%. And then you have property taxes of 1%, 2 3%. And then you have sales taxes, like in Texas, it's 8%. I mean, is that almost not 100% of your income going out in taxes? It's just an insane, insane amount. And the way they've been getting away with it is by cheating it out of the federal government's income, letting you write all those costs off against your federal tax return. Now, I heard the other day when I brought this up, somebody said that California is suing the federal government for doing this. And I don't know if they have any basis for that, but what, one of the things I heard was that they're suing to get the rest of it considered. In other words, everything that you can't take now because of what the law changed, they're still going to make people pay, and they're going to call it a gift to the state. And they want it to be a gift. They allow a gift to the state so the state can still charge all that money, and they get to write it off their tax return. That just shows you how whacked out liberals are. They're out of their mind. The stuff they come up with blows me away. But the bottom line is, they're in a world of hurt. This bill is really going to hurt them. It's going to hurt their property values. It's going to hurt their tax base for their cities and their and their state. And, and they're going to feel it. This is going to be a war, folks. This is not over. They will come fighting back. But if they don't, their states are going to go broke in no time at all. We'll be right back with taxes and the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. listening to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Dell will be right back with more life-changing principles in just a few minutes. 
Get total freedom in your life safely and quickly. Build wealth and passive income so you never worry about working till you drop, losing your job, or retiring in poverty. Hi, I'm Steve Davis, an investor in thousands of units over the years. Now it's your turn. Del Wamsey has been my mentor for nearly 25 years, and he's taught over 100,000 people just like you the principles of financial freedom through live one-on-one mentoring at Lifestyles Unlimited and his national radio show. I'm excited to tell you about the real estate workshop that changed my life. The workshop gets you on the inside of what we do and what we believe and unlocks the five ways we make money in real estate. Just like your personal trainer, Lifestyles Unlimited will motivate, encourage, and teach you so you can get in the best financial shape of your life. Call 866-971-8970 or go to lifestylesunlimitedpodcast.com. That's lifestylesunlimitedpodcast.com to register for the workshop that will change your life and let you stop worrying about working till you drop, losing your job, or retiring in poverty. Welcome back. Now, here's some more unconventional wisdom to set you free from the man on a mission to retire America, one person at a time, Del Wamsley. Welcome back to Del Wamsley Radio Show. Uh, we started the, the show out with talking about some predictions that this uh, Louise Phillips Forbes had about um, what the, uh, the year has coming for us here, New Year. To look forward to, and she started out with the tax reform. Um, you notice she didn't talk about any of the really big tax reform stuff that was really important. For example, um, now for the first time ever, a real estate investor can take advantage of 179 deduction. That's a $100,000 instant write-off every time you buy a property. Each year, I'm sorry, each year you can take up to $100,000 immediate deduction. Now you think about it. You've got the ability to deduct. So there's a $31,000 deduction per million dollars already per year. And just that's a standard straight depreciation deduction. Now you can add 100000 on top of that. So that means you're going to be able to take $131,000. Unbelievable. And what you, nobody's even talking about this. I don't think anybody even understands it. I've used the 179 deduction in my businesses for 30 years, but you can only use it in businesses. So, like, if you buy new computers, new office furniture, you can write off up to $100,000 of that stuff a year immediately, but you never could in real estate. But now you can. So, that's just an unbelievable deduction, right? It's just unbelievable. Now... Let's say that you got that advantage to buy real estate as an investment, and you're losing all your advantages to buy real estate for personal residence. You can see what's going to happen. The market is going to flip upside down. You're going to see people owning rent houses and then not owning their own personal residence because they don't want to pay the, the they're not getting the benefit they used to get to own a house. Now, in these big cities and in these liberal states, the values of those residences are going to go down. They have to. And quite honestly, they should. There were ridiculous prices for this stuff, but they were using it all as phantom tax deductions. So that's going to make a big change in the marketplace, folks. People are going to start buying rent houses before they buy their personal residence. I've had it happen in my group for years. I tell people, you know, I got enough money to buy a house. Should I buy mine or the rent house? Buy the rent house first. The rent house increases your income, which makes it makes you qualify. Much easier for any next loan that you take, whether it's to buy another rent house or to buy a personal residence. The personal residence is going to be a thing of the past, right? 
Now, let's go on to the next point she makes, and that is interest rates are going up. Man, I just noticed the other day, I'm always in search of where to stick a few bucks here and there in between real estate projects, right? And my regular Wells Fargo account pays me about a, well, it was about a quarter of a percent. I think it's up to about a half a percent now, 0.0045, which is four-tenths of a percent or something like that. But then all of a sudden, I started looking it up on the internet to see if there's anybody that paid more, and I found that there were people paying at least, you know, um, 1%. And then I looked again when I got ready to take the action, and I found there were people paying 1.3%, or I'm sorry, yeah, 1.3% return on the savings account. Now, you realize 1.3 is three times what my bank is paying me. That's a 300% increase in interest. Then I found one the other day. Somebody sent me one, actually. It's 1.55% interest. And then when I looked that one up, they have a CD, a short-term CD you can get for 2%. Now, when I was a kid, when I was growing up, CDs were 15%. You literally, if you had a million bucks, you could make $150,000 a year just on a CD. And that all went away. But it's coming back. So what does that mean to us? Well, it means people are going to find it much more interesting to put their money in the bank and less interesting to buy other things like real estate, especially when the interest rates are going up. Now it will be even more expensive. Think about it. Buying a home before, just one year ago, your taxes were lowered by owning it. Your cost of operation was lower because of the way it was set up. Now your cost of operation and ownership is going to go up. Your tax deductions are going away, and you're going to have higher interest payments. Can you not see the writing on the wall with all that, folks? There's big writing on the wall there. The only way you're going to be able to afford to buy a house in the future is to buy it as a rental so that someone else will be paying the interest, be paying the taxes, and not you. Because those property taxes, get this, although you can't write your taxes off against your personal residence, your property taxes, I can write my property taxes off against my rent houses and my apartment complexes. They're considered operating expenses. Now, you got to think about that for a second, folks. Just stop and think. I know you're driving. Keep driving. But stop and thinking, even though you're driving. You can't write your taxes off. But I can. I'm making millions of dollars in real estate investments, profits, different types, and I can write them off and not pay taxes on my real estate. You have to pay property taxes. You have to pay them. I can write property taxes off. You can't. Right? You have to pay interest. You can't write it off. I can use interest and write it off. And it's not just me, it's every real estate investor out there. It's really interesting to see what's going to happen. Uh, tax or interest rates are supposed to go up. Like I said, I've already seen them go up. I've seen them go up from a quarter of a percent to one and a half percent. That is a, let's see, a quarter would be four times, a half be two. That's 600% increase in interest rates in the last couple of years, last two years. 600% increase in the last two years. Now, you don't look at it as percentage of increase. You look at it as points. So it's gone up from 3.75, which is the lowest mortgage I had, 
to now it's 5.0. But to go from 3 to 5 is not a little teeny amount. It's a large amount. And they're expecting it to go up three more times in the next year, whether it be just a quarter of a basal point or a point, who knows, but they're anticipating interest rates going up. If interest rates continue to go up, the people who are going to buy mortgages, buy homes, is going to go down. Will it affect investors? No, because it's all part of our operation costs. We pay more in interest rates, then we just write it off. We have less profit to pay taxes on, right? And we should be able to buy houses cheaper at some point. I don't anticipate that, and I know I just that came out of my mouth. I don't anticipate it going down because I think the investors are going to continue to push the prices up. But houses that don't make good rental houses, houses over $500,000, I think they're going to go down, folks. I really believe if you have an expensive home, its value is going to go down, along with the fact that everybody out there is going to start fighting their property tax assessments. Because you're going to say, there's no way this house is worth 750000 bucks, And they're going to try to get that assessment down. That won't get, won't get them out of paying taxes, because it's not about the assessment. It's about the mortgage. So people may have to start paying a larger percentage down. In other words, where you can get a mortgage on your home right now for 90% mortgage, maybe even 95 in some circumstances, you might have to put 20, 25% down to keep your mortgage below 750,000 bucks. Again, that's going to really chop a big hole in the high-end single-family personal residence market, and especially in the crazy states of California, New York, and other East Coast states like Boston, city of Boston, Maine, all that area up there, that whole Northeast area is going to get hammered. Anywhere else in the country, the median price for a home in our country is 279000 bucks. The median price in Texas is 240. But man, in California, it's over a million bucks. Man. The next thing she predicts is that the baby boomer is going to take over. And uh, let me go ahead and read this to you because I can't express her feelings here. It says there are two dominant demographics will power or demand for the next decade. Both generations are expecting life changes that traditionally motivate people to buy or sell homes. These life-defining changes include marriage, having children, retiring, and becoming empty nesters. As such, the baby boomers will continue to help boost the market with double transactions of both buyers and sellers. Although this trend started in 2017, is yet to realize its full potential. People 55 and over own 53% of U.S. owned and occupied houses. So when we come back, let's cover what this really means. Because there's an impact of what's going to be happening. We'll take a short break. We'll be right back with the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. You're listening to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Dell will be right back with more life changing principles in just a few minutes. 
What would happen if you didn't show up for work tomorrow, for the next couple of days, for a week, a couple of months, a year? How long until you'd lose everything you've worked for in a fraction of the time it took to earn it? If this fear keeps you up at night, it's time to learn the strategies we teach at Lifestyles Unlimited. Start with the workshop. Go to lifestylesunlimitedpodcast.com and find your true financial peace, like so many of our members already have. That's lifestylesunlimitedpodcast.com. Welcome back. Now, here's some more unconventional wisdom to set you free from the man on a mission to retire America, one person at a time, Del Wamsley. Welcome back to Del Wamsley Radio Show. Today, we've been covering uh, some opinions that were put out by, uh, let me give this lady credit here, since we're using her material. Uh, her name is Louise Philip Forbes. And uh, one of the ideas that I was sharing before we went to break is that uh, the baby boomers are going to start selling off their big expensive homes and retiring into smaller homes, which is going to make it along with the fact you can't write the taxes off in those big homes anymore. You can't write off state tax. I mean, all everything you can't write off big mortgages, interest interest on mortgage on expensive homes. So there, to me, it just makes all the sense in the world. You're going to see a decline in value of large homes. It just uh, as the baby boomers start to get out of them. Now, you said the millennials are becoming a very um, demanding part of our economy. In fact, they're the largest part of our economy at this point, according to what she's saying. I'm just taking her word for it. Um, but the, in my mind, as you meet these kids, they're not buying big, giant homes. Number one, they can't afford it. Number two, the interest rates are going up, going to make it least likely they can afford it. Right? So who's going to buy these big, giant homes? There was an article that came out about five years ago called McMansions. And 10, 15 years ago, when I first started, well, actually, I started 30 years ago, so, phew, man, I'm getting old. When I first started, the median-sized house was about 1,000 square feet, 1,200, something like that. The average median price for a home was about 50000 And that has grown every year since to where the median-sized house is about 2500 to 3000 And the median price is about 240000 Now, you think about this. Why do you need a 3,000-square-foot home when I have 700-square-foot apartments with eight people living in them? You know, you, you got to think about logically, these homes are predominantly vacant. They're empty. I live in a 16,000-square-foot home, myself, my fiance, and six cats. It's a ridiculous concept. I bought it because I bought it 50 cents on the dollar. And uh, to me, you know, it was a half a million-dollar gain, or three-quarter, I'm sorry. It's two-and-a-half million-dollar gain. $5 million home I bought for $2.5 million. Bucks. So to me, I, I did it as an investment, and it had a 20-car garage, which I wanted because I wanted to have my toys. But irrelevant to the average person's needs, I don't know who you'd sell this house to. I have no idea. It'd have to be another rich guy that has nothing in his mind but having fun. There's, it's just a fun house. But what about all these houses that are three to 4,000 square feet? What family needs three to 4,000 square feet? A new family? One kid? I don't think so. So I don't think the millennials are all that strong of buyers that they're talking about. Now, here's where you can see what her goal is. She's a New York City broker. She says that national home buying will see surges in the South and the Midwest. And that's quite simply because housing is so cheap here and people are getting sick and tired of freezing to death in the north. 
I wasn't born in Texas, but I got here as soon as I could. Just as soon as I got out of college, I left Wisconsin and came to a warm state with no income tax and very few liberal crazy people. And the rest of the country is going to see that, especially with the fact you can't write off state income taxes. So you're going to see a surge of people buying homes in the South, in Texas. It's just going to blow up. Again, our real estate is going to go crazy. But the luxury market is problematic. Now, she comes back and says, and she would know this way better than I would. I have no idea about this. But she's saying that foreign buyers are sucking up all the real estate in New York City and the coasts. And that because those homes are becoming so expensive, they're actually moving inward. They're moving into Nashville, Columbus, Ohio, Chicago, Dallas, Las Vegas, Austin. Because the stuff is too expensive on the East Coast, West Coast. And again, when you change these tax laws, I think they're going to see a slump in real estate values. Now, she's saying she doesn't think so because she thinks that foreign money, there's so much of it, it's going to keep coming in and buying up this country. And uh, so she's, she's uh, as a broker, doesn't want to tell you you can't sell your home because she won't get any listings in, right? So I think she's just hedging her bet on that one. But I don't have any uh, information that would contradict what she's saying. Uh, then she goes on and says, consumer confidence will boost home sales. You know, that one has some, makes some sense. I mean, the Democrats and their liberal media have screamed bloody murder for years. And the Republicans and their conservative media have been, uh, screamed bloody murder. But while everybody is screaming bloody murder that the world's coming to an end, the economy has gotten better every single year for the last eight years. And above and beyond that even, above and beyond the, the economy even, is the fact that unemployment is low. Wages are up. The stock market is up. So I actually believe that she's got it right that the economy probably will help the housing industry. But what I think is different, I think it helped the rental housing industry is what I think. I think you'll see more and more people doing what we're doing. I mean, we have somewhere around 27,000 clients all over the country right now. We have real estate investors in every state in the U.S., and they are buying stuff left and right. Who knows how much rental real estate there really is out there? And we're just one company. You know, National Apartment Association, 44,000 independent owners of real estate belong to that program. Then there's all the big giant corporations that belong to the Apartment Association. I'm not talking about big corporations. I'm talking about the 44,000 independent people like my investors that are buying real estate left and right. Well, my friends, no answer to be had today. We'll review this in a couple months and see where it looks like it's going. But remember this, as it goes, we get richer. Whether it goes up or it goes down, we make more money. And always remember one more thing. We're not doing it just to make that more money. We're doing it for a lifestyle. Have a wonderful day. See you tomorrow. Thank you 
for listening to the Dell Momsley Radio Show, teaching you the opposite of everything you've been taught so you can obtain the results you've never obtained. Join us seven days a week. Can't get enough? Visit DellOnTheRadio.com to listen to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show, access past show podcasts, and join the conversation. Information and opinions you hear on the Dell Wamsley Radio Show are those of the host, Dell Wamsley, his guests, and his callers, and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of this station, its affiliates, its management, or advertisers. The Dell Wamsley Show is for entertainment purposes only. Please consult a professional regarding your personal investment needs. Nothing presented on the Dell Wamsley Show constitutes an endorsement, recommendation, offer, or solicitation to buy or sell any product or security.